Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Appreciate the Lord so much today. And uh, just glad to be here and see everyone in this house. Uh, we're going to continue in this series about God is our refuge. Our last lesson was us finding strength uh, in our time of trouble and, and God giving us strength, keeping us in the middle of our storms. And I'm glad that he'll strengthen us, aren't you? I'm glad he'll do that. And today uh, we're going to just continue in that and kind of focus uh, on where God's at during all these things that we go through. Uh, Psalm 46 and 1, if you have your Bibles today or if you want to just follow on the screen. The psalmist wrote here that God is our refuge and strength. Both things. A place where I can go, but a place where you know, without strength, you just can't do anything. Without strength, you'll fail, but... God's not in the business of his people failing. So God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. So today we're going to talk about those things, our refuge and strength. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Precious Lord, we love you and thank you for being that very present help. Now, Lord, let our ears hear what you would say to the church. Lord, let us understand in your word, be strengthened, encouraged. God, let it just, God, give us, you know, the boldness to go another day. God, we're going to praise you for it. We believe you're for us. And if you be for us, who could be against us? So bless everything that's done now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We love you this morning, Jesus. Thank you. You can be seated and God bless you over and over and over. So as we think about God being our refuge and strength, sometimes I think that we, uh, there were a couple of questions that kind of jumped into my mind uh, reading and studying this morning and I thought be two questions that we can often ask ourselves as the church. And, uh, we serve him, but do we look to him? You know, we, we serve the Lord. We, oh, I'm, I'm his servant. I, I'm a child of God. I serve the Lord. But, but do we look to him for our help? Do we look to him for our supply? We, we talk about He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our supplier. He's going to supply all my need according to his riches and glory. But do we forget these exceeding great and precious promises when the trouble starts and we begin to rely on our own intuition, our own feelings, our own uh, you know, intelligence uh, that I, I can figure this out, I can do this. But the Bible tells me not to lean to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. And so I, I want him to be uh, the director of my path. I, I, I want to look to God because he is my refuge. That's a place uh, that you can go. You know, if, you, if you've ever heard of a, a wildlife refuge, that's a place where animals can live unless someone is breaking the law, 
but it's a place where animals can just live and be free from fear of being hunted or you know, they, the habitat is kept up. They have what they need there. It's a refuge for them. It's a place where except for their natural predators, maybe they don't have to worry about anything. And uh, God is a refuge. And when we go there, uh, it does not mean that uh, we don't have troubles in our life. But it is a place where we can escape defeat. It is a place where we can know that uh, I'm not going to lose out here because he's not just my refuge, he's my strength. I'm going to find the strength for another day. I'm going to find the strength for another round. I'm going to find the strength to keep on walking uh, with this cross daily. This is uh, why we need him and why we must not just say, well, I serve him, but I must look to him because you could find yourself in the service of the Lord, but never look to him. So I, I, I go to church, I pay my tithes, I, I pray with people in the altars, I do all these things, but when things start to shake my world, I'm always looking somewhere else. I'm always trying to figure, uh, look, I'm looking for an escape route. I'm trying to find my way out of here, but I need to look to Him. Because the truth uh, that you need to know about God and you need to never forget it is that God will help you fight your battles. You never have to fight alone. You know, if what, uh, how, how wonderful it is. You know, I, I, in, back in high school, I had these guys. They, we were just close-knit. We were friends, man. I mean, and I, I guarantee you, we didn't ever worry about anybody when we was anywhere because we knew if somebody got things started, there was going to be four or five others ready to go with you. You, you wasn't going to be in it by yourself. I had one particular friend. He was about the size of Barney Fife. And, uh, but his mouth was like big, like Mike Tyson, but he didn't ever worry because he knew we was with him. And even if he deserved it, we wouldn't go let nobody whoop on him. So he, so he could say what he wanted to and he'd jump behind us and be like, yeah, that's right. You know, cause he knew that we was going to be there with him and it got us into a lot of trouble, uh, many times, but that's just how it was. Uh, we was there for him, but uh, that may not have been right, but God's always right. And God will always be there for you, and you'll never have to go to battle on your own. The second question that I was thinking of as I was studying and reading, looking at, focusing on him, making sure I am looking to him, is uh, we admit him. When I say that, we admit that he's the Lord. We admit that he's the king. We admit that he's God. But do we submit to him? You believe in one God or you admit there's one God, you do well. The devils also admit that. I want to be in better company than the devil. I don't want to just be, uh, well, I believe in him, but I don't submit to him. Mm. <laughs> well, come on, somebody. And that's not, that's not don't, don't confuse that word with submission to slavery or something like God's got you a prisoner and you're, uh, forced into some kind of servitude, you, you submit. You say, this is the life I want, so I submit to it. These are the things I want, so I submit to it. The Bible says to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That's submission. And it said in due season, he will exalt you. The reason that we are the head and not the tail is because of submission. The reason we're the first and not the last, submission. 
Any promise that you have that is fulfilled in your life of God is because you submitted. Even salvation, you've got to submit. You've got to say, you know, uh, we think, but see, we, in this culture, our mind of submission, we think a submission holds. Somebody's twisting my arm behind my back, and so I've got to tap out. God will never ask you to tap out. He'll just say, repent. <laughs> just follow me. You know, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's submission. And that's what he wants to see happen. So a couple of things as we uh, are heading into um, these lessons, remembering that God is our refuge, a lot of people never take advantage of that because they don't submit to him. Jesus said this in one place when he was uh, crying over Jerusalem and he was praying. He said, he said, oh, he said, how many times I would have gathered your children, I would have gathered you, your children, uh, as a hen does gather her chickens under her wings and protects them, but you would not. He said, I was here and I had what you needed, but you would not. They wouldn't even admit. Uh, so they wouldn't worry about submitting. They, they couldn't get past admitting who he was. They didn't believe in who he was, and uh, they just wanted to, to him to go away. But the Lord said, it wasn't that the protection wasn't there, but you would never submit to that because I'm not going to rake you in. You know, I'm not going to rake you in and just hold you down and force you to be all right, but I'm going to offer you that protection. And so we, we have to get to a point where we realize that as his children, we have to learn and realize that God is a very present help. And you need to take his help. You need to let him help you. He won't force his help on you. Let him help you. Do what you can do, but let him help you. And don't ever think that just because, hey, you're doing great and you're, everything's going your way and everything is, uh, you, know, you and God's right, that nothing bad is ever going to happen and that you won't need his help. There's, uh, in, when you read through the Kings, through Chronicles and Kings in the Old Testament, uh, you'll read about Ahaz, that was a king of Judah. Wicked. The scripture says he did not do the things that were pleasing to the Lord. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and they were walking in the ways of, of all kind of sin. And uh, Ahaz instituted you know, uh, idol worship. Uh, they were offering sacrifices under other gods. Uh, they just, just wicked, wicked, wicked stuff. But Ahaz died. And when he died, his son, Hezekiah, came into the throne. But Hezekiah, the scripture says, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. When Hezekiah became king, he reopened the temple. He got the priests and Levites and commanded them to consecrate themselves and, and to begin to purify themselves and then restore the sacrifices. They had a two-week-long Passover celebration. And he did all these things. He, he started tearing down all the altars, all the high places that were in Jerusalem and in Judah. And the scripture says uh, of him, and thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah. And he wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And every work he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and he prospered. And so God blessed him, and for most of his reign, it was just peace and prosperity because 
Hezekiah was a king, the scripture says, and we'll read it in a minute, like he was a king like no other. He was doing it right. But then uh, in the 14th year of his reign, the Assyrians who Hezekiah's father had a league with, and they were, uh, Ahaz was a vassal to the, uh, to the Assyrians and um, the Assyrians. And so he, I mean, he paid a yearly tribute. He had to pay money every year uh, as a vassal. But Hezekiah said, none of that. We're not doing that. And he rebelled from out from under the hand of uh, the Assyrians. So the king uh, said, we're going to destroy uh, Judah. We're going to destroy Jerusalem. And Hezekiah began to experience the fact that, listen, you can be totally and purely devoted to God, but that does not mean that you will be free from trouble. Don't ever get it mixed up. <laughs> You're going to have some trials and some tests. But what also Hezekiah was fixing to really learn, because, hey, like I said, anybody can just float in a boat when the, when the water's calm. And that's how it had kind of been for Hezekiah. Everything's peaceful. But he was about to learn that even in the storm that God is a refuge and a strength and a very present help in time of trouble. So when Assyria came to attack uh, um, uh, Judah and Hezekiah and all the people, he, oh, they, they threw out some, you can read about it. It, it was very uh, awful, the threatenings, the things they, they were saying they were going to do. And, and uh, they, they uh, just wanted to terrify Judah and Hezekiah. And Hezekiah decided, well, since this man likes money so much, let's pay him off. And so he paid him. He asked what sum he would take, paid him a great amount. The king of Assyria took it and said, I'm still going to destroy you. It doesn't matter. That didn't work. He didn't uh, withdraw. Now, Hezekiah was a man who trusted in God. 2 Kings 18 and 5 says, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. His trust in God was so strong that it put him in a place where nobody else had been or would be his trust in the Lord. That doesn't mean that you don't do what you can do while you're waiting on God to come through. One place... The scripture says, is the seed yet in the barn? Look, you can have a, a barn full of seed and wish all day long for a garden, but you're never going to get it till you do what you're supposed to do, sow that seed. You can pray for a hole and lean on a shovel, but unless you start digging, the hole ain't happening. And so, listen, and sometimes you're praying for things, but you've got to do what you're supposed to do. I've always said this, God, you know, uh, God will always do his part, but he will never do your part. He won't pray, he won't pray for you. When he, when he gave them manna, he said, I'll put the manna out there. He said, but I ain't, I ain't going to package it up and, and deliver it in your door. He said, you're going to wake up, get up, go out there and gather it yourself. I'll give it. You're going to gather. He said, if you don't, you don't eat because in a little while it's going to melt and disappear. And you'll just, if you sleep in, you go hungry. And so there's a lot of times that, that we think that, well, I, I trust God so much that I just don't have to do anything. But that's not what uh, the Scripture says. Well, the Bible says, wait on the Lord. Yeah, well, you, you can think waiting means just standing there doing nothing. 
Or you can mean wait on the Lord as I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to keep doing the Lord's service. I'm going to continue to do the things I know to do. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm just going to keep reaching. I'm going to keep doing everything I know to do until the answer comes. Years ago, the message got preached all over the country by so many different people. You know, and I think it was a song and everything else, but it said, until God opens the door, I'll praise him in the hallway. You know, some people were like, I'm just going to keep on serving God until the answer comes. So Hezekiah did what he could do while trusting that God would do what he could not do. Now when uh, the pay, PayPal didn't work with the king of Assyria, he said, I got an idea. He said, let's cut all the water off. So that all the water that flowed out of the city, they cut the water sources so that the Assyrians would not have water. If they began to siege the city, uh, they began to build towers, uh, fortify the gates, fortify the walls, uh, they, it says they just built and made weapons and shields in abundance. They were doing everything that they could do naturally to get ready if this thing goes to battle. And then after getting everything that they could do, they decided, uh, Hezekiah said, now let me talk to the people. And he began to strengthen the spirit of the people. He started encouraging them, but he didn't encourage them. He said, look, we built all these walls. We've got all these weapons. We, we've cut the water off. He, he didn't start encouraging them by what they had done. He started encouraging them because of the God they serve. And in 2 Chronicles 32 and 7, he told them, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed for the, or dismayed for the king of Assyria or neither for the multitude that is with him for there be more with us than with him. Now, at first, it might look like he's saying, we've got a bigger army, but they didn't. He was saying that the one that we've got is more than them all put together. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why uh, the psalmist could say in Psalm uh, chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I won't be afraid of 10,000s of people that set themselves round about me. I, it don't matter if it's 10 thousands of people around me. He didn't say around us, around my army. He said around me because he knew who was the lifter up of his head. He knew who was on his side. He knew that God was for him. And he said, hey, uh, do I want to be in this situation? No, but am I going to quit God or give up or try to figure it out on my own or surrender just because the odds look like they're against me? Uh, the odds are never against us when we have this God and when we know this God and we submit to this God and, and live for this God. So, so the king was encouraging them and he said, with this king, in verse 8, he said, with him is an arm of flesh. He's got a mighty army. I, I got no doubt about it. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And it says, in the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They, in other words, they took confidence in what the king said. And instead of freaking out and, and running around and losing their minds and surrendering and giving up and people just running out and, and you know, trying to spare their lives, they, they just trusted in what the word said. And that's what we have today is we have the word of the Lord. And if we would just rest ourselves on God's word. It does, hey, there was a serious uh, event about to take place if, if it happened. There was going to be a war. 
People die in wars. It's violent. It's awful. Things get destroyed. They knew that something terrible was coming, but they knew that God was going to be with them. And that's where God is. God is with us. And when Hezekiah was assuring these people, he wasn't telling them anything new. He wasn't, this wasn't no new revelation about God. God had always been like this. Uh, when uh, Moses took the people out of Egypt, they were at the banks of the Red Sea, and here comes uh, Pharaoh's army charging behind them. And, and now they, the sea opens up, and they're going through, but the army's still coming. And, and so Moses said, Fear you not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Another time uh, when Jehoshaphat was reigning in Judah, he cried out to God because the great armies were coming against them. And a Levite named Jehaziel, he came and prophesied and he said, Thus saith the Lord unto you, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. We've got to remember that God didn't call us to lose and he didn't call us to fail, but he never said you wouldn't fight. He never said you wouldn't be in the battle. He never said you wouldn't go in the furnace. He never said you wouldn't go in the pit, but he just said, I'll be there to deliver you when it happens. And that's the way we need to remember today as we approach our situations and when these things come upon us is don't lose hope in your God. You know, we serve him, but, but do we uh, look to him? Are you looking to the Lord? Are you lifting up your eyes unto the hills from whence cometh your help? Do you know who you serve today? Do you know whose you are? If Jesus said that uh, I've got the ones you've given me and no one can take them out of my hand, you better know today that there's not an enemy that can pluck you out of your service with the Lord. But oh, we can turn our back and we can, we can stop admitting or submitting to him. We can stop looking to him and find ourselves all alone by ourselves while, while everybody else is running under the wings. We're looking around like, which way can I go to get out of here? I can't, I can't be here. I don't want to be here. We've got to learn that we can find strength in these promises too and believe that God still fights for his people that God is still a refuge for us. He is. Uh, just listen to some of these scriptures. I, don't, I didn't even give you these, uh, sis. So you, I don't, well, maybe I did. I can't remember if I wrote them down or not. If I did, uh, you can follow on the screen. Isaiah had so much to say about God's delivering power. Isaiah 12 and 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord, Jehovah, is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. One, one writer said in the New Testament that the living God that, that we uh, trust in is the Savior of all men, especially them that believe. He's trying to let his people know if you believe in God and you serve him and you submit to him, if you are truly his child, you don't have to worry. He is your salvation. Not, not, not just uh, to get you to heaven, but to get you through life. Yeah, uh, I, you know, we worry so much sometimes about just getting through life uh, that we forget about heaven. But sometimes we just think so much about heaven we forget about getting through life. 
and realize that uh, one, one writer said, you know, you delivered my soul. Uh, you, you've, you've saved my soul. Won't you keep my feet from falling? Won't you, won't you help me in this life? Sure he will. God will keep you in this life. And we need to remember that. Uh, Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. What a refuge peace is. Oh, when you have perfect peace, complete peace. Peace that passeth understanding. The storm's raging, but here I am. Still lifting my hands, still praising God, still, still on, on, on the mission. I still have a desire to serve God and, 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 and work for him no matter what's going on. It doesn't make me want to leave God. It's, it's that perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him. I never let my problem take my mind off God. I never let my situation take my mind off God. What's that mean? It means I never forget who he is and what he does or who I am to him. I'm always aware that God is on my side. I don't like what's happening, but God's on my side. I don't want to face this, but God is going to face it with me. God's going to be there in the middle of it with me. God will not leave me by myself. Verse 4 said, trust ye in the Lord forever. Don't ever stop trusting God. Be like Hezekiah in that sense. Don't ever stop trusting God for in the Lord, Jehovah is everlasting strength. You never run out of strength when you trust God. You might get weary, but you will be renewed. You will be strengthened. We're going to read about it here in just a second. In Isaiah 41, 10 and 13, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Don't be dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. When God sees you're getting weak, he's going to send the refreshing. When God uh, sees you falling down, he's going to pick you up. God will restore you. He will revive you. He will renew you. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's where we find our comfort at in this life, knowing that God is our refuge and our strength. He said, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. God will not leave you helpless. He said in the New Testament, he said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. In Isaiah 43 and 2, he said, When you pass through the water, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle Upon thee. I'm glad to know that he is with me. He, our God is a very present help in time of trouble. He's going to be there. Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe, safe from defeat. When we serve God, we're going to have trouble plenty. Jesus said it, in this world you'll have tribulation uh, uh, but what, what else did he say? But I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. So it, he's going to be there with you. He's going to be there with me. These scriptures are not, I know all of them came out in the Old Testament. It wasn't just for Israel. It wasn't just for those Old Testament uh, people because the, the ones you read about in the New Testament, that's what they lived on. Yeah. 
And that's what we live on too. Paul said this in Romans 15 and 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, they were written for our learning. So we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. Man, quit ignoring the Old Testament. These people that just live off the New Testament today, ha, what in the world? Man, you're, you're missing so much of the meal. You, man, you're missing so much of the bread. You're missing so much of the life. You don't know, you, there ain't no way you can understand who Jesus is if you ignore the Old Testament. And you can't understand uh, how God comes through over and over if you ignore the Old Testament. And so Paul said, look, uh, yeah, I, I am converted. I know that the Lord, Jesus Christ, is the Lord God Almighty. I, I got all that. I, I'm a Christian now. But uh, I was a Christian and didn't even know it when I was uh, uh, persecuting the church because God was in Christ. And I was serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and I just didn't realize who he was. But now that I know him, now that I know who he is and who he was in the flesh, I'm not going to forget all his words that got me here. I'm going to remember what he said so I can have hope. He said to the Corinthian church, now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. We too can claim the promises of Isaiah, the things that Solomon wrote uh, in Proverbs and the things that David wrote in the Psalms. Those promises are for us. These Gentiles that have been grafted in the vine, the true vine, they're not going to be saved without us, and we're not going to be saved without them. It's not two separate salvations. He's made us all one body, one bride, one church. And friend, the word of the Lord is for us. We live by it. And so when, when David was reading in Psalm or was writing this Psalm 46, and we, we read it starting out, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We must look like and understand, what, what does this say about trouble? It means we're going to have it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Sometimes you will find yourself in trouble. God never said you wouldn't have it. He just said, I will, and he didn't say, I'm going to keep you from it. He said, I'm going to be there with you in it. He does sometimes now, He'll, he'll cut it off. Sometimes he'll keep us, and many times he's probably kept us from trouble. We don't even know. But many times he will let you fall into the fire just so he can walk around with you in it. As they were talking about Paul and Silas the other day. Well, you know, sometimes he'll let you go in the prison so he can show people he can bring you out. Sometimes he'll let you take your last breath so he can show you that I'm the resurrection and the life. Oh, if you'd just been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. Oh, didn't I tell you if you believed you'd see the glory of God? Lazarus, come forth. And, he, and it says that he that was dead came forth. Come on, he was alive and breathing. He was alive and kicking. He was all right because the Lord showed him, said, I am the resurrection and the life. And nothing's changed about him. He's the same yesterday, 
He's the same in the Old Testament. He's the same in the New Testament. He's going to be the same in forever. He's always going to be that God. And I'm glad today that I can understand that he is a very present help in time of trouble. He will be there. God is always with his people. In verses uh, 4 and 5, he he said this, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. God's going to come through. God's got a bride. God's got a church. He said, I'm building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And it ain't because of my strength and it ain't because of your strength, but it's because of his strength. It's because we serve the Lord God Almighty. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And friend, he is very jealous of his people and he is very protective of his people. And you know what the thing about he does? God doesn't shelter us. You know, some, well, you've seen sometimes people, they, they'll, they'll raise a kid. And I, I'm not against, I'm not trying to give parenting tips here, so you do what you're going to do. I'm, I'm just telling you, there are children that, that uh, they, they, they can't get out of their parents' sight, not ever. Now, when they're babies and little, so yeah, you, you worry about them, especially in the world we live in today. But, but you know, there's, Oh, I, and I tell my kids, I said, I sure hate the, the, the age y'all grew up in. Because in the age I grew up in, and I'm sure my mom would say the age she grew up in, I could leave my house on my bicycle. I could ride all the way to town. I didn't have a cell phone to call nobody. I didn't have a quarter in my pocket to use a pay phone. We just knew, come back when you're done. Be back before it's dark. Be back by lunchtime, whatever. But we would ride to town and, and go in the stores and hang out and just do things and ride all over the place. Man, I mean, just ride for miles and miles, go off in the woods where nobody even, didn't tell nobody where we was going. Just out. I'm going out. Out the door. Oh, you know, but anyway, back to, but you can, you can be sheltered to a point that you don't know how to act. In situations, and uh, it's uh, you know, it's uh, people used to do that. You know, when, when private schools start becoming, I'm gonna put them in there because I because they don't need to be around with all these thugs and different people and 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 people that are mean and and people that might talk ugly and people that uh, they did it in private schools too. You just paid for it. <laughs> I put them in a private school to spare them all that. <laughs> yeah, you put them in that private school so you paid for them to learn how to do stuff. Because believe me, I, I had friends in private school. We all went to the same places on the weekend. Hello. But here's the thing. Is God doesn't just shelter us where we don't know how to react in this world. He doesn't shelter us so we don't know how to react when things are coming. But he lets us know there's things that you will be able to do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There are things that are in your power, but it's going to come to a point where you don't have another answer. And I hope you know where to lift your eyes to. I hope you know who to look for. I hope you remember that I am your refuge and your strength because if you don't remember that, you're going to die. Paul, not Paul, but the psalmist said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of God, in this life, in the land of the living, or in this life that I live. That's the problem. Some people never believe they're going to see God come through, so they don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's what it is. We're warned. Don't let an evil heart of unbelief get inside of us. God said, I tried them. I tried Israel. I proved them. I fed them. I blessed them. I fought for them over and over again, and they still hardened their heart against me and would not believe. The answer was there. The solution was there. The help was there, and they never benefited because they couldn't believe that I could do it again or again or again. It was always with every problem, they just cried out in despair. You brought us out here to die. He just brought you through the Red Sea. He just drowned the biggest military force on the planet at the time. He, he just, what else will he have to do? And so that's, uh, I've got to believe that I'm going to see God come through so I don't miss it. I don't want to miss it. He came unto his own and they knew him not. They didn't know it was him. They didn't see it was him. They missed the time of their visitation. They, oh, I don't want to miss it because of an evil heart of unbelief. I don't want to start thinking I can do this on my own and not look to the Lord that I serve. He is my hope and my strength. God's going to help us. In all these promises that he made, the psalmist is still writing to fight for his people. God said in Psalm 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. Do everything you can do to get ready for all the troubles that are coming. But then look to the Lord when it's out of your hands. Look to the Lord. That's, he, Hezekiah did everything he could, but then finally he just had to look to God. And even though he trusted, the Bible said it, testified of it, he trusted God so much that there was no king like before him or after. And still, he got afraid. And still, they got worried. So he sent to, he actually sent a message to Isaiah and said, look, pray for the remnant that still survives. Pray for us. Because this thing's coming down to the wire and it's awful and we're concerned. And, and so pray for us. And in response, gave, God gave a word to Hezekiah, to Hezekiah through Isaiah. In 2 Kings 9, 16 and 7, the Lord said, uh, don't be afraid of the words which you've heard with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. He said, behold, I'm going to send a blast upon him and he's going to hear a rumor and he shall return to his own land and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. I'm going to send him packing. I'm going to send him back. And it happened just like God said, uh, a messenger came and there was a rumor, uh, something, uh, he got a message and so they would withdrew from Jerusalem and they retreated, went back. And as uh, the king went into the temple of his gods that he worshiped there in his own land, those that were closest to him came in and killed him with the sword. God will do. Sometimes you just got to, after you've done all to stand, stand therefore. You've got to stand sometimes. And, but then know that God's going to come through. When you stand still, don't stand still in disbelief. Stand still in faith, knowing God is on my side and God will come through. And at those times, you know, when, even when we feel like, man, I've got the, man, I'm on this faith cloud. Man, I'm, just, I'm so high in my faith right now. But you need to remember sometimes when you wouldn't. And sometimes things can shake you to the core. That doesn't mean you forget God. 
That doesn't mean you have forgotten God. Sometimes we say, oh, I got scared. It must be, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my fear. In what time I'm afraid, I will trust in him. Sometimes I'm going to get afraid. Sometimes I'm going to get shook. The Bible says everything that can be shaken sometimes will be shaken. And sometimes you'll be shook down to your foundation. You know, I think about the analogy he, he used about the houses built on a foundation or built on the sand. He said the guy that built on the rock, dug deep, he said that's the guy that heard my word and does my word. He submits to me, he serves me, and he looks to me. And it's a horrible storm beating on the house. Do you think people in that house, if it was strong enough to make another house fall, do you think that they weren't a little nervous? You ever been in, you ever been in a house where, you know, you got, hey, this is a pretty solid house, a big house. But, man, that, for, that nature, that force of winds that ever hit your house, and you, you, you feel it, your house shake. It, it happens out there at our place. I'm like, whoo, the whole house moved. That clap of thunder go off right above your house. And you're like, hey. It, that's, sometimes it's like that serving the Lord. Ooh, hey, it shook the whole house. But it's going to stand. It's going to stand. It's going to stand. God's going to keep you. God's going to take care of you. God's on your side. You've got to trust him. Oh, that's, the, man, the whole core of walking with him is trusting in him. I mean, that's the whole thing. Hey, guys, follow me. Who's going to feed us? I am. Who's going to watch out for us? I am. That's what he said. You got to trust me. I'm asking you to follow me. I, I'm not going to let you get destroyed while you're following me. I'm not going to let you go hungry, let you do without, let you just die following me. No, you're going to follow me, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to teach you. It was trust the whole time, and that's the way it is today. We, we just That's where it starts. When I trust him, I'm going to trust the Lord. He's going to uh, wash me from my sins. He's going to fill me with his spirit, and then I'm going to live for him, and he's going to take care of me. He would not have paid such a price if he just meant for me to be destroyed. To be a, a, a just to be a, a toy in this world, to be kicked around and knocked around and a, a pawn in this life. That's not what God called his people for. Not ever. And so listen, let the words of God do for us what it did for them. It calmed them. It didn't stop the storm was still coming, the battle was still coming, but they rested on the word of the king. Friend, we can rest on the words of the king and realize that no matter how hard this storm blows, it's not going to defeat. Be still and know that he is God, that he's here for you, that he will fight your battles. You can stand with me this morning. At the very end of that psalm, in Psalm 46 and 11, he said, the Lord of hosts or the Lord of armies one place tells us that God, is, our God is a man of war. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of armies, the God of Jacob. He's our refuge. And he said, Selah. And you know what that means. It means just pause for a minute and think about that. Before you jump to the next thing, just hold up and think about what I just said. So you, at the end of that psalm, he said, I need, I, I'm going to sum it up and I want you to think about this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
Think about that. When something comes your way, think about that. When you're going through the fire, think about that. In 11 verses, at least four times in that psalm, the psalmist asserted that God is present with us. Three times he said God is a refuge for us. That's the facts. You can have faith in the facts of God's word. The Lord of armies is with us. He's with you. He's with me. He's with his church. Well, I don't feel very uh, military-like today. I don't feel much like a good soldier today. You keep enduring. The Bible says endure hardness as a good soldier. You, you endure it. You stand there. You just, sometimes you just got to endure. You know, a lot of soldiers that, won, uh, that were in great battles, that won battles, sometimes they were covering their heads in foxholes because the, the shelling of the enemy was so strong. You ever looked at some and studied in World War II when they were in that forest? And they were just, the Germans just bombing that forest and trees blowing up and people just, and they just in holes covered it because there's nothing right now I can do. But they were still soldiers. And when they got opportunity, they came out and they fought and they won. They won those battles. But they were, there was a time of bombardment. There was time. That didn't mean they weren't soldiers in the army anymore. Sometimes you feel like it's just leaning down on top of you. It doesn't mean you don't belong to him. God will give you the victory. God will give you the victory. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so good to us. Thank you, God, for being a very present help in our trouble. Thank you for comforting us, Lord, like only you can do. And God, I just pray today that you'll let our heart receive that word. And Lord, let us remember to not just serve you, but to look to you, trust you, to submit to you, God, and what you're doing in our lives. We're going to praise you for these things, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout. Hallelujah. God is our refuge and strength. Very present help in trouble. I'm thankful for him today. Let's find a place to pray in just a few minutes. Get in these altars and pray before the next service. God bless you.